Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the May 31st edition of the Ackland Avenue Worship Podcast. I hope everyone had a good week and is enjoying their Sunday morning. To begin our worship, I'll be reading from John 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Please pray with me. Dear God, as we come together this morning to share in this worship, to listen to today's lessons, and to partake in communion and remembrance of your sacrifice, and to do this apart in our own homes, please prepare our hearts and minds. In these trying times, help us to look to you for guidance. Help us to turn to you for strength and to embrace your wisdom. To interact with our neighbors with grace and humility, and to take seriously your command to practice forgiveness when others wrong us. Lord, many in our world are anxious or scared. Many are hurting economically. Many are dealing with the virus and other health issues. We pray for them. We pray for those here at Ackland who have family or friends affected. We pray for our leaders, local and throughout the world, who are tasked both with making difficult decisions by balancing economic sentiment with the health and science consensus. And please help them to lead by example. Lord, we also know that we have much to be thankful for. We are thankful that we are still able to connect and to worship you as a church, even if not together in person. We are thankful for our shepherds, Matt, Brian, and Paul, and our minister, JP. We are thankful for all the talents and the hearts of service that the members of our congregation bring. Thank you for this community. May it be strengthened by the last few months. And most of all, thank you for your son, for the hope of salvation that his sacrifice brings to the world. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Feel free to stop the recording now and worship the Lord. Be reading from Psalm 104, verses 24 through 35. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you form to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all of my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May the meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the many ways you bless us through your creation Please be with us this morning as we meditate on your word and we sing praises to your name. And also please bless this spiritual family at Ackland and 
Continue to keep us close during this uncertain time. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. The church seasons begin with Advent and climax with Pentecost. Today is Pentecost. Over the years, I've begun to anticipate it almost as much as Easter for the deep comfort and the power that it holds. So this morning, let us read a portion from Acts 2 as we celebrate Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And this is Joel chapter 2, 28 through 32. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is God's word. The scandal of contemporary Christianity is not that the world does not know the true story of Jesus. The scandal of contemporary Christianity is that too many Christians do not know the story of Jesus. We know a few parables, maybe a few quotes from the Sermon on the Mount, and a few inspirational verses from Philippians. We know about the cross, and we've heard about the empty tomb. Still, there's too many of us that don't know the whole story, how all the pieces fit together. We start too late and we end too early. The story does not begin when Jesus came to earth, and it does not end when he went back up to heaven. There's more to it, much more. The church seasons show us this. Jesus did not come out of a vacuum. He didn't just appear out of the desert one day. He has a backstory. And when he came out of the tomb, the story was far from over. 
Pentecost teaches us this. The story does not end with Jesus leaving, but with Jesus sending us power to experience and expand the kingdom until he returns. It's important that we know this. It's important that we know the gospel. There is power in the gospel. And it might just be that there's never been a more important time in your life to know the gospel. This bizarre time has surfaced a lot of old questions, central questions. Who are we? Where did we come from? Where are we going? These are the big questions of life. And we don't think about them too much as we distract ourselves with work, school, and entertainment. We distract ourselves with busyness. But this moment has removed some of that distraction Where can we find answers to these questions? So this morning, I just want to share the gospel with you. Jesus is Lord, and we know that because of what Jesus has done. So let me tell you that. This is the gospel. God exists. There is a God. Uh, Kids, God is the word we use for that which is beyond us an all-powerful being. God is not abstract. Uh, And what I mean by that, we've talked about this before. In the Star Wars movie, the Force, and there's this all-powerful Force, it's abstract. You never see it. It never really speaks with a voice. It's abstract. But God is not like that. God is personal and therefore relational. God is love and God created out of love. We exist because God created us. We did not bring ourselves into existence. In the early chapters of Genesis, we have ancient Hebrew origin stories, gifts from God to teach us truth and wisdom. God created the world through words. God spoke and things happened. God is a talking God, a God of revelation, God breathed life into humanity. God formed us in the image of the divine. God is a God of order, not chaos. Beauty, not ugliness. Hope, not despair. God created the world for goodness and community. But humans, deep down, resent not being God. We want to be the ones in control calling the shots. We went down our own path And in doing so, we missed the point of life. The word for that in the Bible is sin. When we rebel against God's ways, bad things happen. Chaos ensues. Life spins out of control. Things begin to feel cursed. We experience a painful separation from God. The early stories of Genesis show us this. Humans still bore God's image, but that divine spark, the divine breath, it all appeared fractured. But remember what I said about God. God is love. A God of love refused to just abandon us humans. God is a talking God, and God spoke to a man named Abram. He called him, not because he liked him more than others, but because he wanted to bless the whole world through him. God is a patient God. God plays the long game. 
There's no rush with this God. Slowly over time, God revealed his character to Abraham and his wife, Sarah. He promises them a miracle child. Later, he instructs Abraham to kill his child, his one and only son, only to provide a lamb instead at the last minute. God continues to work among Abraham and his ancestors, even though they're a fairly sordid lot. They trick each other. They show favoritism. Brothers betray brothers for money. They enslave their own and ultimately become slaves themselves. But remember what I said about God. God is love. While Abraham's children were in slavery, God works through some resilient Hebrew midwives. They refuse to kill baby Moses as Pharaoh ordered. Moses' life is saved, and God works through him to save others. God brings the Israelites out of slavery. Moses takes them to the mountain where he first heard the voice of God, that talking God at the burning bush. God gives them laws, not to burden them, but to guide them. And they respond by disobeying these laws. We're not surprised. That's what even Adam did. That's what we do. And the Old Testament continues with some of the most frustrating, wicked stories you've ever read in your whole life, alongside a few inspiring ones. No one illustrates that better than David, perhaps the best king Israel ever had. Sure, he killed Goliath and wrote some psalms, but he also committed murder and adultery. Future kings were even worse. They worshipped false gods and idols. They mistreated widows, orphans, and sojourners. They neglected the poor. They talked about God's law. They just didn't do it. They had hard hearts, stubborn hearts of stone. A faithful few kept hoping for a king who would obey God fully. A faithful few kept waiting for the restoration of the kingdom. God's plan of blessing the whole world through Abraham didn't look too good at this point. But remember what I said about God. God is love. God refused to give up on his people. God came to earth. Certainly, God has always been among the creation, but God, this time, entered in. In the person of Jesus of Nazareth, God came to humanity. Jesus is God's son. Jesus is God. When God came to earth, amazing things started happening. Jesus healed people from their diseases. Jesus cast out demons. Jesus fed the hungry. Jesus ate with the elite, but also the marginalized. Jesus hung out with the people's other called sinners, for he knew we're all sinners. Life around Jesus was different, like how it should always be, how God meant it to be. Peace, joy, abundance. Jesus taught the people how to live in a different way, a kingdom way. Love God, love your neighbor, wait for it, even love your enemies. The kingdom of God seemed to be entering the world. People began to figure that out. This looks like the kingdom. I wonder if Jesus is the king. The other words for king, words like Christ and Messiah, they started using these words. Jesus was and is the king, but a type of king far different from what they expected. Jesus talked about serving others and sacrificing yourself for the good of others. He had this obsession with talking about the cross. 
an excruciating, humiliating form of Roman execution. Even his closest followers pushed back on this. But Jesus believed his death would serve as a sacrifice. Jesus believed his death would affect us, would affect me and you, in some mystical way. Jesus believed his death would offer a type of cleansing, a type of freedom from the power of evil. You know, that power that messed up Eve, Adam, and us. Still, how can God die? And how could Jesus go to that length of humility and suffering? How could Jesus willingly walk towards his death? But remember what I said about God. God is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus did it for us. He did it for you. Jesus died, but that was not the end. On a Sunday morning long ago, faithful women went to the tomb looking for him, but they did not find his body. No one ever has. Jesus came back to life. Death could not hold him. Jesus defeated death. And because of that, death does not have the last word for Jesus or for us. With death out of the way, we can live with Jesus forever. We will live forever. If we die with him, we will also live with him. Do you believe this? After appearing to up to 500 people for a period of 40 days, Jesus returned to the Father's right hand. Jesus left us. Just when things were starting to get good, he left. Why? Remember what I said about God. God is love. Jesus didn't abandon us. Jesus left for us. Jesus left to sit at the Father's right hand so he could pour out the Spirit. The God who gave us our first breath of life, that same God, breathed in us again. He made us alive. God put his Spirit in us to give us hearts of flesh instead of hearts of stone. The Spirit gives us the power to live the life we always wanted to live, the life our ancestors struggled to live. The Spirit enables us to bear fruit like love, joy, and peace. The Spirit makes us more like Jesus. The Spirit gives us gifts and talents so that we can make this world a better place. You know, they never found the body of Jesus, but in a way, Jesus' body is still here. We are his body, the church. And our purpose is this, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. Our mission is this, to experience and expand the kingdom, the will of God, every day. All of this moves towards a climactic ending, though. Human history travels towards a defined outcome. Remember what I said about God. God is love. Jesus will come back someday. Jesus will return. Someday, Jesus will come back and make all things new. Heaven will invade and take over earth. Jesus will make a new heavens and a new earth. No more violence. No more hate. No more greed. No more idolatry. Everything will be good as it was originally intended to be. Jesus is Lord. Jesus created us. Jesus redeemed us. Jesus sustains us. 
Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. This is the gospel, the story of life. There's no greater time to believe in the gospel. There's no more important time to know the true story of Jesus, all of it, and how all the bits of the puzzle fit together. I can't imagine my life without the gospel. It's my North Star, the meaning of my life, the way I get my bearings, the lens by which I see the world. To quote the author C.S. Lewis, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Family, I still got a lot of unanswered questions, but the gospel answers the greatest questions. Who are we? Where did we come from? Where are we going? The gospel answers all of that. Church family, I'd like to wish everyone a happy Pentecost. God is not far off. God has come near. God is inside of you. If you've never asked God to live inside of you, maybe this season is the season to do that. If you've never been baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, maybe this week is the week to do that. We can do a social distance baptism. We can Zoom it to the whole church. It'd be incredible. I can't think of anything more fun this week. Maybe you got baptized years ago, but over time, things have gotten stale. Life and just the strain of doing life has slowly worn you down. And maybe you've forgotten the gospel. Maybe you've forgotten that you have the Holy Spirit. And if so, maybe today... Pentecost is a good day to remember that. Remember what I said about God. God is love. God loves you. Don't ever forget that. Lord God, we thank you for your gospel, your good news. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit. Please take a moment to uh, to worship God and to prepare your hearts and minds uh, for communion. Good morning. Well, it's great to be with you. It's also great to just visualize seeing your faces and looking out over a a um, an auditorium that that I've been able to to uh, do for uh, the last eight years.
until lately. But it's great to uh, it's great to be with you this way. And even though it may be different times and different, certainly different places, uh, it's wonderful to see you. Uh, I uh, m- have mentioned to a few of you that I have been uh, typing up some of the letters that were in my mother's possession. Uh, even though I've had them for 10 years, I've now just had time to start going through those. And uh, some of them are uh, of my great-grandfather, <coughs> who uh, fought in the Civil War. Uh, he was he fought at uh, Chancellorsville and at, at uh, the Battle of Gettysburg. And so he wrote a letter... Uh, to his mother in August of 1863, August 18th of 1863. And uh, this is after Chancellorsville and this is after Gettysburg. And uh, so he he has all that experience as he's thinking about all this. But one of the things he says is, I do hope that we may live out this wretched war and be permitted to see each other again. But if not, let us live so as to meet in a better world. And of course, the hope of that better world is Jesus. And we come today to remember Jesus, remember the sacrifice that he made for us and to be thankful. And we are thankful. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful for this congregation that together we can worship you, that together we can serve you. And we thank you especially for this time for Jesus, for his life, for his death on the cross. As horrible as that was, we are grateful for the sacrifice. And Father, today as we eat this bread, let's remember the body that he sacrificed for us. And as we drink this wine, Let us remember the blood that he sacrificed for us. Father, we thank you for Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. 
There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone it is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given the Spirit of a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Holy God, we praise you for your majesty and your love. We ask that you continue to pour out your Spirit on your people and our congregation, that we may serve each other, grow spiritually, and further your kingdom. Open our eyes to recognize the gifts that you have bestowed upon each of us. Lord, we pray for the health, safety, and healing for our community. We pray for those who have been impacted financially. We pray for those who are unable to leave their homes and receive visitors as they normally would. We pray for our students who have missed out on important milestones. We pray for wisdom for our leaders. May your light shine through us and bring us back together once again. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, church. We want to start off with a few birthdays this week. On Tuesday, June the 2nd, Lily Beatty turns 17. Congratulations, Lily. On June the 3rd, Barrett Smith has a birthday. Then on Thursday, June the 4th, Robbie Spivey has a birthday. And on June the 6th, Travis Simon has a birthday. Um, other than birthdays, the only other announcement I could find in the emails was uh, the announcement that we have dates for Mission Week. It's going to be June 14th through 17th, um, and uh, we're going to be doing several things um, in the way of collecting food for a food drive. We're going to be having Zoom calls and conversations with our missionaries from around the globe. Um, so... Stay tuned for more emails and more information on that. If there are any other announcements or anything else that needs to be added, please, uh, please send out an email and check your emails for those. Uh, I hope that you guys have coffee and donuts at home and, uh, and enjoy. Have a great week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash Thanks again for joining us. God bless.